And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in. It's another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. My name is Cam Edwards. You know that by now. I am joined this week by the lovely and talented Miss E. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you today? I am hot. Yes, it's warm today. It is very warm. It is very dry here. Uh, we've had probably over the last like two or three weeks, maybe maybe like two brief afternoon thunderstorms. Yeah, not even enough to water the tomatoes. No, no, not at all. Because nothing can get it past the leaves to get to the roots because right? they're so crowded in there. So when it, it really needs to downpour for the tomatoes to get wet. And over the next two weeks, I saw that we have one day in the forecast where we have a 40% chance of rain. So. Yeah, you can tell how dry it is because you walk around in the yard when you have to walk Zelda and you're crunch, 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 crunch. The right. grass is so crunchy. It's, it's crazy, too, considering how wet the winter and the spring. I know. Or, it's almost as if someone turned a switch. Yeah. Is that climate change? We're going to have monsoon season, then we're going to have the dry season now, I think. Well, there are other places on the planet that already have that in place. And that's true. So, they're just it's all changing. We should start planting rice down in our, uh, down by the creek. Probably rice could. Patties. It's, it's always, it seems to be damp <laughs> down there anymore, right? You're always complaining that you can't mow. Uh-huh. Did you try recently? Uh, the last time I tried was probably a week and a half ago, and there's still a lot that's just boggy and well, I bet next weekend and- it'll be fine. If we don't get any rain this week. Yeah, I'll have to go check. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go down and I'll, I'll check and see because, uh, yeah, that's really cramping into my, you know, shooting spot space here. About half of it now is boggy and it's mosquito-y, so it's, you know, not a lot of fun to be down there for very long. No. You, gotta, you know, spray yourself with off before you go down there. Anyway, anywho. Well, we always have to do that when we go to people's ranges anyway. Think about it. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. This way we're having, but this case you're having to do this. So speaking of our range friends, holy moly, our friend Val came through uh, in a big cheesy way this week. We have so much cheese in our freezer. Several it's crazy. hundred pounds of uh, cheddar, sharp cheddars. There's some Parmesan, not as much Parmesan. It's probably only like maybe a pound of Parmesan. Uh, there's a whole bunch of just like pieces. There's a whole bunch of tomes, which is sort of just a a molded aged cheese of no real sort of specialty. Okay, it's just a block of cheese with a kind of a grayish rind. Cheese. It's just cheese. <laughs> it's just cheese. Um, but so yeah, we've got st- uh, probably I-, I probably got at least a hundred pounds of cheese from her. Wow. In various sizes and ways. There's some sort of smoked funky stuff that I put aside for you to try. And and then I vacuum sealed everything to throw in the freezer. So I think one shelf on the freezer is just all cheese right now. So where did all this cheese come from? So in Richmond last weekend, there was a cheese conference. And like, you know, several hundred to I think 2,000 different little boutique cheese places all submitted their cheeses for tasting and judgment and testing, apparently. And so what happened was they would have 20 to 40 pound wheels or blocks of cheese that they broke down. And they had a day where you could buy a ticket and go in for tasting. So that's Mm. why we got bags of chunks. Okay. Little little cubes. 
Um, but there's just these, you know, big sections of wheels that we have. And what's what was what, what's kind of stupid is that once they're cracked open at this event, mm-hmm. they can't be repackaged to be sold. They have to be just destroyed. You can't even go to donate the cheese to like. I don't know, a food kitchen. That's nuts. Or a soup kitchen where it's going to be eaten that day. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's the stupidest thing. So they called, so somebody at this thing knew this, the work was working at it, Uh and knows Valerie, and knows Valerie has pigs. So he called her to see if she wanted any pig food. We're talking like 1,500 total pounds of cheese here. And some of it, there's nothing wrong with it. She well, actually, yeah, a lot of, of the stuff that was that. already chopped up, like uh-huh. we got a lot of chopped up sections yeah. that I put in the freezer, but she has so much more that that's what she split up with people for um, hog food and for stuff. For dog food. And I want to say that was probably just 800 pounds right there. Man. But we're talking like boutique cheeseries oh, yeah. making their high end really yummy. And this is several hundred dollars worth of cheeses that I have in my freezer. So first night we had cheese fondue, and yeah. it broke. It wasn't great. It tasted good, but it broke. But the chi- the chickens loved it. Oh, the chickens devoured it. Yeah, and you're right. It did taste good. It, it was just you know you said that you didn't have wine because uh, you can't drink, so we haven't had any wine in the house. So you had to use cider. And I don't right? think it had the right alcohol. I think I probably should have just used the broth and some vinegar. Okay. I think that probably would have, a little bit of vinegar probably would have done it because it was just the way the chemical, it's just the way that the fats and the cheese react with the with the acids in the wine that is how it breaks Well, I know down. that it wasn't, you know, the creamy Next time fondue, I'll just make a cheese sauce. But it was actually pretty good because like, like you said, it had like layers. Like the top layer was, you know, it's sort of a thin cheesy sauce and you could dig down deep and you could get the clumpy like curds almost. <laughs> Where the cheese broke. Yeah. Right? So the sauce, the fondue totally broke. Which was really good on, on bread. It was I have good. to say. It was good. It was an interesting dinner. And then the chickens loved it. They We, we dumped it into one of those rubber feed buck bowls and uh, they, they literally, I don't know how they managed it, but they licked the bowl clean <laughs> with beaks. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think they waited till it got a little hard next day or solidified. Then they just pecked it to death. But yeah, they love that. Yeah. So speaking of chickens, um, yeah. I, yeah. Remember when we said we got those chicks from Fractor Supply? Well, the chick is doing great so far. Singularly. Yeah. yeah the one who's left, we have no idea what happened to the other five. Has decided that he is going, he or she is going to just take immediate shelter in the nesting box where we have the one broody hen. Who's sitting on seven eggs. Who's sitting on seven eggs. And she's probably going to sit for another, probably about another week, I think. They should be going soon. So, um, luckily, he got her at the right time because she's putting up with him. Because even when she goes out to get food, he's right underneath her. Yeah. So, he's going to be like the toddler to these (laughs) chicks when they're finally hatched. So, it's going to be an interesting little family. Yeah. And we've just decided uh, no more chicks unless we can keep them separate uh, in their own little you know predator and chicken proof yard until they get bigger right we just don't have the facility we don't have a space in the house i mean when we first started we weren't i didn't really use my office for what i needed to use my what i use my office for now i'm still half convinced that your lung cancer came from living with (laughs) 
chicken dust in your office for you know six weeks or however long it was. It was a couple of months, and it could very well have been. But I would think it would have been well. Now everyone should have their lungs checked because everyone lived with it. I was just the person the closest who had to do all the cleanup. Yeah, but, but you were the, you were definitely the closest. You definitely I had know. to live with it. More. I asked them if there were feathers in there, and they didn't say anything about feathers. So <laughs> pretty sure that's not it. So yeah, so the the one chick is doing okay. Uh, the Hindinis. We're still getting out. And Miss E spent uh, all day yesterday. Well, not all day, but she spent a good hour yesterday while I was mowing. You were down at the chicken run making sure that everything was closed up. Yeah, I put because we have we have some black netting over top so that predators can't come down from above, but the chickens can't get out from below either because the fence is not but too, very high because they're chickens. Right. It doesn't need to be high for us. It's just, as a matter of fact, when I'm walking through, it's like running on top of my hat. Mm-hmm. I'm holding it up with my hat. Ouch. Um, but I put a patch because I saw some a big place where the, the weight of some branches must have broken down, the broke the plastic. So I put a nice patch on. I went around, bound all both sides, and I made sure that all the everything was attached Checked all the nooks and crannies. I went to try to weed whack around it so I could make sh- double shore, but the I can't get the string to get wound into oh, yeah, the I forgot body. To, I forgot to you do gonna, that today. But that, whatever, but I can't, so I, I missed that. But yeah, I have I have no idea how they're getting out now. But so, yeah, we were like all brag because so they. They went in yesterday because I put them. I put some more food in their bucket. Yeah, we threw some, well, we threw some tomatoes we threw in there. Some tomatoes they, in. And they managed. To, I just left the door open, and they were kind of coming around. So two of them walked in. Mm-hmm. So we're like, yes, well, it's a good test because we fixed the right. And this morning when I woke up, I'm like, hey, look, Ida's still in there. Cool. And then I went out to uh, do some work, and he texted me like an hour or so later, and was like, Ida got out. Ida's out. So. I am truly at a loss. I'm starting to think that they're teleporting. I mean, honestly. That's the only thing I can think of. We need to write a book about Ida the Teleporting Chicken. Yeah, right? That would be really funny. Or Ida the Hendini. That's right. also a good... So we're going to have Ida t-shirts now. We've yeah, we Ida decided. Design. And it's going to say... Miss E came up with it. Uh, it's going to say Freebird on it, which I... Because I, she is. She is the original Freebird. Yep. So... Uh, and I know that we've been talking about t-shirts for a while, but this is the week that we actually... Set some time we're going to get it done. Yeah. We're going to get it done. We just have to uh, upload them and soon you'll be able to have Corny Goat Farm t-shirts and 40 Acre and a Fool t-shirts here for your uh, wearing pleasure. Yep. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah. So, we're down a few chickens. We're soon to be down a couple of goats because we've got three babies right now. Two boys. Shark Boy. Yes. Uh, and then who's the other boy? Casper. Casper. And then Darla Darla's the is girl. a little girl. So Darla's going to stay here, and Darla's going to move in with the big girls. But Shark Boy and Casper are going to go down to Farmville. Um, because earlier this summer, we had Toffee and two babies who were down there. Yeah, Darla and her sister. Yeah. and Oh, so Darla's already been there once. Yeah. Okay, so Darla's going back. No, Darla's not going back. No, Darla's staying here. You're right. The boys are going back. Um or the boys are going for the first part, for the first time. For the first time. Yes. So, anyway. We, we don't need no boys right here. <laughs> right. Um, and so they ate everything down that, that they, they could, could possibly get to. eat. Yep. And already it's growing back up. So uh, they're ready for more goats again. So if you are in Farmville, if you just happen to find yourself in Farmville, Virginia, because, you know, sometimes that happens, uh, at the Virginia Tasting Cellar, which is below Charlie's Waterfront Cafe on the banks of the mighty Appomattox River, which is 
Not really that mighty in Farmville. But, no, uh, it's pretty. It is very pretty. It's a very pretty patio deck. It overlooks the water, but it also overlooks where the goats are in their electronet, which is right alongside the river. Right alongside the riverbank, exactly. So, yeah, so the uh, the goats are coming back for the fall, and, uh, uh, you know, it's it's it, 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 I feel good because otherwise... Uh, we really have no use for these two boys. Casper's adorable and cute, and uh, you know, and he's yeah. But my plan was either going to be to keep them as lawnmowers or um, put them in the freezer and turn them into gyro meat. So okay, well, right now they're lawnmowers. Right now they're lawnmowers. I suppose one day they could be gyro meat. They could be, but you know, cute we... and delicious. Yes, <laughs> that's the nice thing about some of the stuff that we've raised here. They are cute and delicious. Like the pigs were cute when they were little, and they turned yeah. out to be delicious bacon and ham and pork and unctuously delicious pork chops. And yeah, go ahead, Peta, bleep you. <laughs> we um, we actually have a, a, a slab of bacon that we're going to be smoking this week. Yep, yep. I pulled a belly out of the freezer and ruined uh, about a good third of it. Because uh, I followed a new recipe for roasted pork belly, and it was way too hot, and I burnt the crap out of it. It was a piece of charcoal bacon yeah. yuck by the time I was done. That was but sad. I didn't ruin the entire belly because I set aside the other two-thirds as two slabs of uh, bacon that I put in my cure, and I've had in the fridge for, I don't know, about two or three weeks. So we're going to smoke those one night this week. And I've, the reason I'm going to smoke them one night this week is because I also have a turkey breast that I defrosted, but I forgot to give it a good brine. Mm. And that's going to make it nice and juicy and delicious and unctuous, you know, yum yeah. uh, when I smoke it. So the other plan, too, is, is I'm going to smoke the bacon at the top. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's, it cooks it a little, too, because as it's smoked, right. we smoke it to 155 yeah. to make sure it's okay. So it also cooks it a little. So you get a little fat runoff. Mm-hmm. So then the turkey breast is going to be underneath. Oh, but also be where closer to the warmer smoke, too, where poultry should be a little right. hotter than the... Yeah, so. but it'll absorb some of that bacon fat. Yeah, she gets some of that bacon fat. It'll you know, pick up some of the briny of the... the, the the bacon, mm-hmm. that whole yummy sort of smell. Yeah, like I have to say, you know. And I'm doing apple chunks. Applewood, yeah. Yeah, applewood chunks. People talk about, you know, whether the fry bacon or you, uh, you know, bake the bacon. I got to tell you, the best bacon that I've ever had is straight from the smoker. Oh, yeah. Just straight from the smoker. I and it's just, it's hard to describe, but it just melts in your like mouth. Fatty meat candy. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just heaven. On it's a, on it's your really tongue. good. And then when I do put mine in the freezer, when I cut it, I bake it. Yeah, you don't fry it. I don't fry it. It's too fatty. We'd kill people, and the whole house would be coated <laughs> in grease if I tried to fry the kind of bacon that we have. So it's just safer and uh, less dangerous for me because I don't know if you've paid any attention through the podcast of me and my exploits in the kitchen where I'm always burning or cutting myself. There's no, I feel like if there's nothing. If there's no sacrifice, blood sacrifice made to the kitchen gods, my dinner parties and and you know food prep doesn't turn out well. Apparently, you I are the, injure uh, myself so often. But I'm a really good cook at the same time, so I'll, you know I'll take the nicks. You're kind of like yeah, you're kind of like uh, Tim Allen's character in Home Improvement, but in the kitchen. But in the kitchen, yeah. But, but you can actually do the stuff, like right. you, like just you I can know, do like the stuff. Said, but you, you make it. It's just sometimes you burn yourself. Burn myself. <laughs> yeah. Grab a pan. Whack my! I have a series of burns on my fo- my right forearm because of reaching into the stove and smacking it on the other shelf from right. all the cooking I've done. And I remember one year I went to um, 
I, when I was when I was pregnant with the twins, it was, you know, 14 years ago around Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. I went for my physical. I went for my regular checkup, and I had all these cut marks that looked like cut marks <laughs> up my arm. And the doctor was like, do we need to have a talk? I'm like, yeah, we need to talk about how uncoordinated I am when it comes to cooking. These are just burn marks from... <laughs> The, the the wire it's those wire shelves inside the stove right, yeah I kept wonking my arms into them yeah I'm just uncoordinated sometimes but yeah I'm good at it so staying in the kitchen um, we've had several folks uh, who have already asked when are you when are you going to be um, putting more hot sauce out there on the market oh yeah and and it's it's going to come we do still need to make this year's batch you said we've got seventeen quarts. Right? I think you said we have 17 quarts. Well, probably about that, because I've got a couple of half-gallon jars and then quart jars. So I think it's like 13 to 17. Well, however many quarts we have, um, we have enough to make this year's hot sauce. Oh, yes. And the bottles are bought, and the labels are designed, and I even got shrink wrap things this time around for uh, putting over the jar lids. So, yeah. So I think, I was thinking, you know, because it's not like we're... Again, it's not like we're you know uh, putting hundreds of these out in people's hands. It's really at most probably two dozen. So I think the whole shipping issue that we had had to deal with last time was like, oh, that actually costs more than ten dollars. I think we just go ahead and we ship it, and then we tell people, I trust people. Don't you trust people? I trust people for the most part that they're going to give us how much we say it's going to be, right? Well, or, or what we can just do is I'll just use the. The uh, United States Post Office is... Oh, that's right. You had had that I already idea. saw this idea. Use their medium shipping box, yeah, which is like the same rate. price no matter where it goes, which is nineteen ninety five. Well, no matter where it goes on the planet. It's kind of big, but that's the only thing that they have. The small is too small for a jar. Okay. It's too small for a bottle of hot sauce. Okay. So. All right. So it'll be a flat nineteen ninety five shipping. Yeah. So just pay for that in that case. You know, that's cool. I don't care about anything else. The, yeah. You know, peppers were growing. We have so much. What are we going to do with that many jars of hot sauce? Right. We just oh. like to have it. So we yeah, do have, we have one from every year, though. We do. And we'll keep one. And we'll one keep one every single every time year. we make one. We just keep it in the darkest part of the pantry. Yep. Um, we actually have peppers. That's the craziest thing. That little neglected weed. It's overgrown a, yeah, garden. We haven't touched it in probably a month and a half because I was like, well, these aren't growing. I'm not, you know, the, the soil's awful. I'm not even going to do anything with them. We have peppers. Yeah, it's crazy how many peppers we have. We have the Mad Hatters, got those little pe- peppers all over it. I pulled off Serrano's. The Thai chili. Thai chilies and cayennes. Uh huh. And, and a pretty good amount. Yes, I mean, a pretty decent amount. I had, I don't know, a big. I probably got two cups worth, and they're and those Thai chili, they're skinny little. Uh, yeah, those are long skinny ones. They're barely as big as your pinkies. So. Right. But yeah, I managed to do with those and the ones that we got from our friend who does the Dardanese farm. Mm-hmm. Um, I managed to get four quarts of peppers started for next year's batch. Oh. So this is 2020. So this will have, uh, let's see, jalapeno, some poblanos, serranos. Uh, cayenne, t- a couple of different types of chili, um, ghost, habanero, and a ghost habanero hybrid. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. I didn't realize that there were some ghost peppers in there. 
Yes, they're the little tiny little orange ones. They're mm-hmm. ghosts, and some of them are ghost habanero hybrid oh, peppers. Okay. That happens with peppers all the time when they're grown together. Uh-huh. A lot of times they get cross-pollinated when they're similar like that because they're kind of the same kind of pepper. Mm-hmm. So they're, that's poof, and all of a sudden you got something that's not as hot as you wanted, but hotter than you thought you were going to get. <laughs> if you were thought you were getting a habanero, ha, ha, ha. Uh, so, yeah, so this is going to be similar to last year's batch, but... I'm excited. You were all, you all got eight 2018s jar. Yes. Which you'll the the peppers are on the label, so every batch has different peppers in it. Right. It's all yeah, every same. every year is is different. I mean, all different colors. Sometimes it's almost the same consistency because I'm trying for that. Right. But I have control over that, but yeah, every batch has different peppers, different color. So yeah. I'm actually excited to taste this year's. Because I've had a little bit of last year's pretty recently, so I still remember what it tastes like. Yeah. Um, We're going to have to do a hot sauce testing because we've got last year's, or this, we have 2018, we have a couple jars in the fridge. I wish I could find it right now. Somebody sent me a message on Twitter this week, and it was one of the folks who, it was actually not one of the folks who uh, we got, we sent hot sauce to, Mm -hmm. but it was his brother-in-law, and he had gone to a cookout and his brother-in-law is a fan, and if you're and if you're listening here, you got to help me because I might get some of the details wrong. But we had sent a hot a bottle of hot sauce to the brother-in-law, and so they had you know the get together, and they're cooking out. And the guy who sent me the message on Twitter said, "I asked, is that is that Corny Goat Farm hot sauce?" And he said, "Yes." And so he said, "I made a beeline for it, <laughs> and oh my gosh, it was so good." Uh, he said, "But I just want you to know that you know." This is really getting around, and everybody loves it. How so cool. I thought that was pretty neat. That, yeah. that made me smile. Oh, that's awesome. Right? Thank you. So, yeah, we're going to... Last year, I think I made 53 bottles total. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have a lot of friends that like it, too, so we just give away a lot, too. Right. So, But I don't know. And But that was with 22 quarts of peppers. We have less peppers this year because remember that we have those three mm-hmm. giant half-gallon bottles of that those uh, Reapers, Carolina Reapers yeah. that all went to mold. So yes, right. So oh, yeah. did you did you post that video of the hot peppers burped today? Oh no, I'll have to post that to uh, to Instagram on Monday. So by the time you're listening to this, we'll actually show you a little video of how you do this because when the peppers are fermenting. You know, they release a lot of carbon dioxide. Yes. And so you definitely have to burp the peppers or else the pressure builds up and you can push yeah. and it just, you know, the top will fly off and you got briny, nasty pepper water everywhere. You don't want that. And stuff, so the water itself is really hot. Right. And so last year we thought, okay, cool, this will save us some time rather than burping 53 jars. Or, or however, I guess 17. Well, last year it was like 20, 23 or quarts. whatever. Right. Um, but you have to burp every one of those jars every couple of weeks, especially at the beginning. Right? Oh yeah, but yeah, but this is you're going now. You're going off on a tangent. No, so I'm not. I'm going I just back. wanted to talk about the burping of the jar. Now you're going to talk about the badness of the Carolina. Well, yeah, I was just yeah. going to say okay. like so. We decided instead of you know burping these things, as he found what we thought would be really cool uh, was a fermentation like little, system. Right, and it had a a glass block that you put inside the mason mouth, mm-hmm. and then it had a silicone. Almost like a nipple. Seal that looked like a nipple. It yeah. almost looked like one of those Playtex baby bottle nipple things. Cause, um, and the idea was that air was supposed to get out, but nothing was supposed to get in. Well, guess yeah. what? Yeah, mold got in. And, uh, it just, yeah, it and just, everything. It compromised enough of the top layer that I was just like, I didn't trust the rest of the jar. Yeah. So I just, we that was three 
half gallon bottle <laughs> worth of uh, peppers that someone sent to me. So I felt really bad know, about right? that part. I was like, I ruined all the peppers you sent me, but I learned a lesson and I'm not using those for anything for but for quick pickles. So if I'm doing like a counter ferment of kimchi, well, no, so you have a kimchi pot. And then you I make pickles that. a whole different way. I'm not too sure. Using that system right I guess now. I'll have to find out somebody who might want to use them and see <laughs> if they would like them because I can volunteer. I will. I can send you some. Can't give I, you a good review for it. But no. You can. You can you feel free to use it if, uh, if you want. It. Right. Yeah. So um, one more topic before we get to email here. I realize I kind of feel like I'm jumping around all over the place, a little scatterbrained today. Um, one of my uh, one of the folks I used to work with came down. Uh, and was didn't come down specifically like to see us. Actually, drove down to sort of a little weekend trip. Yeah, went to the Danville Tank Museum, which they gave rave reviews to. So if anybody's uh, in that basically area, basically like this old dude with long hair. And first, the Tank Museum was in like it was somewhere north. It was almost like Rhode Island, I want to say. And huh. then it moved to he moved it to around Norfolk, Virginia, but it wasn't in Norfolk itself. Uh, and then now it's in Danville and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. But yeah, they have like tanks and flamethrowers. It's just basically this guy's private collection. Um, How fun. September the 7th, they're having flamethrower day at the uh, museum. And they're going to set stuff on fire. B-Y-O-F-M or F-T? No, I think, it, I think it, I'm not going to do the acronym. I think it's just... <laughs> Go and watch them burn okay, stuff. Okay, that's good. Okay. You actually get to use yours. Okay, don't bring your own flamethrower. No, but they are also having on, I think it's October 19th, um, basically tank day. And you can ride in a tank. Ooh. Which would be pretty cool, I think. Or kind of boring, because they're slow little boxes where you can't really see anything. I think you could probably yeah. pop your head out the turret. I guess it'd be kind of cool. Or out the hatch. It'd be a tank. It'd be a tank. How often can you say even you, you're going to change It'd be really tank. cool if we could ride a tank so, and it could you know run over a car. Well, I don't know what they do at Tank Day. They might do something like that. That would tank be day. really cool. <laughs> anyway, so they went down to uh, to the Tank Museum, and uh, we were sort of on the way back. So they uh, they stopped off, and we had lunch in Farmville, actually, uh, the day before. And um, I, I always feel weird when people come to our house for the first time because... I look around, I'm like, oh, I love this place. I love this place. And then when I look at it, when people are coming, I'm like, oh, look, I need to put the gas can away. And oh, our uh, underneath the carport really looks messy. And oh, geez, you know, the inflatable uh, pool didn't get put away. And ah, oh, geez, oh, this looks awful, awful, awful. So then I start to see all the all the flaws. Yeah. But I but but they seemed. They seem to like the place. They yeah. thought they then they got to pet goats and yes. walk around and see stuff. And they're up in the DC suburbs uh, as well, so it was it was interesting to see. I think the mindset very 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 similar mindset of it's nice to be out of that area. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, they were like near where we used to live. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, oh, not far at all. Oh, wow, look at that small world. Weird, right? Uh, but yeah. So anyway, I just, I just, I don't know. I always just feel kind of weird about. Uh, well, they got to pet a baby goat, and they got to uh, pick weird, funky cherry tomatoes and take some home. They did. I know. So she like seemed to like them. She kept eating them. Yeah, I just keep thinking, you know, like every time I think we should have a reality show, then I think, oh boy, I'd really have to clean up around here. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, should we get to a few emails? Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. It's a little warm. See, the podcasts are going to be shorter during the summer, I think, and then longer during the winter because it's warm in the office because we have to turn off all the air and stuff. 
uh, as we uh, do this. And it, it gets a little toasty yeah, after getting, a while. Especially when, since we're talking and blowing all this hot air all over the place. Right, exactly. All right, uh, let's get to some emails here. Uh, Brian, out in Compton, California, says, say what you want about Los Angeles, but we have good Mexican food. I, I bet you do. I, will, I won't deny that. Yeah, but we had really good Mexican in Oklahoma City, too. Yeah. Mm. And we can get decent Mexican food in Midlothian about an hour away. Yeah. Chewy's. Yeah. But that's a chain out of Houston, right? Yep. Yep. Anyway, Brian says, a real cajeta means getting a pot full of milk and cooking it for hours. It's incredible. He says, this is about 80% of the goodness with 10% of the effort. Get a giant pot of water. Put in a few cans of sweetened condensed milk. Cover the cans by several inches of water. Now, see, you can finish. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Boil hard for three to four hours. Make sure the cans remain well covered in water. Supposedly the can will burst if any of it becomes uncovered. Um, Brian says, I don't buy it. The physics don't work out to my thinking, but I don't want to risk burning sugar napalm flying around my kitchen. Yeah. Uh, Five, let the cans cool while submerged in the pot. Brian says, I leave it overnight. Uh, six, open can, get a spoon, and eat, eat the whole can, be glad you made more than one. See, that's, that is the dolce de leche, though. Right. That's not cayeta. Cayeta is made from goat's milk. So unless you're using sweetened, condensed goat's milk to make that, that's actually dolce de leche feeling. Oh. He was talking about cayeta at the beginning, and that's specifically made with goat's milk. So it's a similar end product. Right. But that's made with cow's milk versus one made with goat's milk. Okay, so how would we make... Cayeta, then. We'd put we, a big gallon of milk in with a big old amount of sugar and cook it slow and low for a really long time. Okay. Okay. A lot of people, have, I've told, I've found out you can do it in a um, crock pot on low. Just leave the lid off so that it evaporates as it cooks. Because it's the cooking down evaporation part that you want to happen. Hmm. But I love the cooking the can of sweetened condensed milk in the water thing. I use that to make the alfajores cookies. Yeah. Oh, They're gosh. a... Um, um, South American almond flavored shortbread cookie that has a layer of that dolce de leche smeared in the middle. So it's a sandwich cookie. And then once you've made the little sandwich cookie, you sprinkle the top with uh, sweetened powdered, powdered, con- no, what I'm trying to say, powdered sugar, mm-hmm. confectioner sugar. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so good. It's a very yummy cookie. I make them every once in a while for Christmas. Brian wonders what would happen if you tried to do this, by the way, in a uh, pressure cooker. I don't think you can put the can in the pressure cooker because I don't think they... They always talk about no metal in there. Um, You might be able to use those Instapots on the crockpot setting with the lid off and um, cook it. But I don't think you could pressure can a pressurized can. Okay. That, he might have sugar napalm. Okay. Right. And certainly uh, like sugar shrapnel. Yeah. Uh, Brian also says um, there's a someone who podcast production company called Wondery... Uh, since Cam's in the history, there's um, a podcast series that he might enjoy there. Um, uh, American History Tellers and several others. He says uh, they're, they're, they aren't bad. Good production quality, more or less apolitical. Uh, one or two, he says, I found unlistenable, but that was just because the host or topic bugged me. Well, thank you for that. Uh, and speaking of podcasts like this one and uh, those that uh, Brian just mentioned, uh, Barry Arms' Cam and Company is now available as a podcast. Oh, so the show that you're doing as a video is now audio? It is also available 
on audio. Oh, yes. Nice. So you, you can that? go to town. I'm glad that you asked. You can go to uh, townhall.com, uh, search for podcasts. I believe it's just townhall.com slash podcasts. And right there, you can uh, subscribe. Uh, we're also on Stitcher. We should be on iTunes this week. iTunes apparently has been having some issues with uh, and there are people who don't do iTunes. So no, but once, but most of the podcast aggregators use the iTunes podcast feed basically uh, um so once we're on itunes you should be able to find us everywhere but okay. we are on i think we're on spotify now we're on stitcher i'm not sure if we're on itunes or excuse me iHeartRadio. okay um but uh wherever you can find your major podcast you can now find barry and arms cam and company so i know that a lot of folks have been asking for that and now you don't have to look at my face made for radio you can just listen <laughs> to the dulcet tones of Everybody I know has always thought you had a great radio voice. Well, it, I suppose it works out. And uh, and now is a really good time to listen because it's a, a really critical time. There's lots of stuff to talk about in terms of the Second Amendment these days. Yes, but we're not going to talk about we're it not. here. No. In fact, I'm going to get to an email from Shane who has a hot sauce review. Ah. He says, uh, I can honestly say it's the best I've had. And I've had a lot of hot sauces. Wow. Thank you, Shane. He says, I won't try to outdo the description of our friend from Minnesota of his experience, but I feel fortunate to be the proud owner of a bottle. Thank you for eating the extra shipping cost. You're very welcome. Uh, Shane says, I posted about my unboxing on Twitter and Parler, complete with photos, but since Twitter's trash, nothing I post shows up in feeds or notifications. Um, do me a favor, Shane. Uh, if you're on Twitter, just uh, shoot me a DM or, or shoot me a link to the, uh, the, the tweet that you had sent because I would love to see that. Uh, Shane says, on a lighter note, I genuinely enjoy and look forward to your podcast. I'm thrilled that Cam and Company is back in the air. And I was also happy to hear that Missy's treatment is going fairly well. Thanks to uh, Shane in Tempe, Arizona for that. I appreciate it very much. I'm really, really glad you got it. I've got a big, silly smile on me. Thank you very much for that lovely review. Yes. Uh, And then uh, Jeanette had a uh, a couple of uh, items here. A t-shirt making suggestion. Uh, Jeanette is in the uh, People's Republic of uh, uh, Northern, she says, rather than New Mexico. Who wrote to you about the rebels on the Rio Grande uh, and who you both offered such support a while back for my husband who was going through a possible lung cancer diagnosis. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ms. E, she says, was the inspiration I was trying to use with him. I never got the uh, chance to write you back, she said, and thank you so much for that support. It came a time that was so desperately needed, and I can't thank you enough. Um, she says, sorry it's taking so long to write. I'll explain why in a bit. Uh, first, my prayers have and will continue to be with Miss E. And also, Cam, you're a tremendous inspiration to me, and I keep passing your progress on to my husband, Bill. Uh, second, congratulations, Cam, for finding work again. Thank you. Yes. Um, Thank you. She says, I can't wait until Barry and Arms will be more readily available on something my bleeping computer will work with. Well, hopefully now you at least have the podcast. There you right? go. Um, third, she says, from a few episodes back, how do I handle extreme heat? I avoid it if I can because I have to. I have multiple sclerosis. Oh, yeah. And my two biggest triggers for major MS attacks are stress and heat. So at worst, it's going to be like it was 24 years ago when earning my original diagnosis of MS. I suddenly went blind in one eye uh, only after a three-day IV treatment of steroids and 95% of my vision returned. Um, she says, I'm best. I stagger around like I'm drunk and I haven't even had the fun of shots of Jose, Jose Cuervo to get that way. Oh, that stinks. You know all about that. Yeah, I, I wake up in the morning feeling like I've been hung over because of my chemo medicine and I haven't been able to drink because of my chemo medicine, so I totally feel you. Um, she says, fourth, I have a couple of suggestions for places to have t-shirts made, Zazzle and uh, Redbubble. She says, I've used them to make t-shirts with my photographs. Uh, thank you for that. I think thank we're looking you. at like 
Zazzle, uh, Teespring, and a couple of others. But we'll settle on one. Yeah, yeah. But I do appreciate the uh, suggestions. Um, and she says, uh, uh, Jeanette does now to update you on Bill's progress and to give you an explanation as to why it's taken so dead blasted long to write. It was about this time in 2017 when I last wrote. Bill had gone into the hospital twice because of his extreme breathing problems. Mm. The CT scan showed nodules on his lungs and on his kidney, but his insurance company wouldn't cover biopsies or the oxygen he desperately needed to go home with. Well, she says, we finally celebrated our 20th anniversary with getting those biopsies that he needed. Results, lungs, non-cancerous, oh, thank goodness. Good. Uh, but want to keep them, uh, keep looking again in six months. Kidney need to keep an eye on, do another biopsy in three months. And then we celebrated Bill's 62nd birthday, finally getting the oxygen tanks and an oxygen machine he could stay attached to at home. Oh, good. And then, uh, she says that 2018 began. I'd always told Bill that I needed to be the first one to go, not him. In the beginning of 2018, I came very, very close to that happening. I was watching TV with Bill and eating dinner. Mine was an Asian dish with rice and a Thai chili. She says, I never had a problem with Thai chilies. I'd eaten them before, but I'd been into it, and it felt like a steel rod had been jammed into my skull. And that's the last thing I remember until I woke up at the ICU of the University of New Mexico Hospital three months later. Holy cow. She says, there are three months of my life I have absolutely no memory of. Not just fuzzy memory, I mean no memory. Completely blank. And it's the next two months that are at least fuzzy. I remember doctors, a lot of doctors, telling me about something that had about 20 words attached to it. And how I was being transferred to some other hospital. And how I was waking up seeing things that were really crazy but seemed so real. But if I so much as twitched, there were alarms on the bed going off like I was breaking into Fort Knox. And then there were people coming into my room, putting me in a wheelchair, pushing me to another part of the hospital where I was supposed to get out of the wheelchair and walk with two nurses, one on each side down a hallway. But my legs had forgotten how to work. They were like hydraulic jacks, standing and then slowly sinking, and I had no control over it. But after a couple of weeks, uh, I was given a walker, a brief lesson on how to get in and out of a vehicle, and I was sent home, which was great. Until I fell, trying to get through our front door when the left front wheel of the walker caught on the metal strip under the door. Oh. And I had no more than just cut off all the hospital bands I had around my arm. Then a visiting nurse was there to draw blood, coming on the bruise, the swelling, and the heat she felt coming off my swollen ankle. Bill put in an oxygen meter on my finger, and uh, did I wind up at the urgent care center where I had to get a few x-rays. And from there, I was taken back to University of New Mexico Hospital ER. Oh, uh, she says, this time I heard at least they discovered a DVT in my leg and how it looked like there was saddle PE in my lungs. So I got to spend an additional two months in the University of New Mexico Hospital. Oh, my gosh. Right? Until they packed me off to yet another hospital. And this time I understood it was a rehabilitation hospital. And it was one that really believed in rehabilitation. I had to work with therapists three times a day. Physical, occupational, and speech therapists. Oh, and the freedom to race up and down all the hallways in my wheelchair as much as I wanted to. There was a purpose to that, she says, besides having fun. It was building the strength in my left arm and hand. Uh, it was only after I was released, came home, and this time stayed at home, that I finally figured out how to use a computer again uh, and was able to access the documents from all three hospitals to find out what the heck happened. Jeanette says, I had experienced three brain hemorrhages. Oh, my gosh. Wow, Jeanette. I Okay, there's, there's, there's a little more here, and then I'll, I'll get to my comment. Jeanette says, according to the report that the EMT wrote about her first transport to the ER, she says, I was catatonic, and the uh, ICU doctors, nurses, and techs reported that I was on coma watch. Uh, Jeanette says, well, I survived. I haven't backed into the hospitals except for doctor's appointments, blood work, CTs, and MRIs. I'm out of the wheelchair. I don't even use a walker, though I do use a cane now. However, she says, my photography career is over, 
and I will never drive again as it was determined because of the brain bleeds I am considered legally blind in the state of New Mexico. I understood I'd not be able to drive, but I can't see the settings and readings on or in my cameras. Yeah. And while I know that there are blind photographers, I just haven't figured out how to do that myself yet. Jeanette says, now if I could just get better at this veggie gardening thing. There we go. So, first of all, Jeanette, I just have to say, I'm so glad that you're here. You are such a fighter woman. Uh, and, you know, if, if anybody has an excuse for not riding in a couple of years, <laughs> it's you, babe. So, yeah. we are glad you're here. We are glad that you are a fighter. And we're glad that you're strong. And our best to your husband. Uh, I cannot imagine, you know, it's... The, there are... Days where Missy doesn't feel well and she's in bed and I know that she doesn't feel good and I got to, you know, I, I, I and I feel helpless, but I know because it's been chemo based that, okay, she's going to feel better once, you know, the drugs get a little bit further on into her body. I cannot imagine what that must actually I can't imagine at least some of what that must have been like for your husband, Bill, and please let him know that uh, we're sending him love and support uh, because he, I'm sure that he is your rock, but that had to have been just an awful, awful experience uh, for him. And I'm so glad that again you are you are so much better yeah, right? than you were oh the night you bit into that chili pepper. Poof. Right? No chili peppers for her. I know. No hot sauce either. Uh, no, no, Ooh. no hot sauce. We'll, <laughs> we'll send you something sweet. <laughs> Um, and, and I do want to ask because, you know, we've got folks of all kinds of different backgrounds who listen to this podcast. So if anybody knows of any, you know, is there any software program? Is there anything that, that might be able to help Jeanette uh, continue to do photography? Mm. Um, if anybody has any thoughts or suggestions, just write us, 40acrefool at gmail.com. And yeah, we can send them I can over. send them back over to Jeanette. Uh, but Jeanette, thank you so much for writing in. Uh, you are in our thoughts and uh, and in our hearts. And again, I hope that uh, that you keep recovering and that uh, you and Bill have many, many, many more years together. Uh, that is going to do it for this edition of Forty Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. Thank you for being a part of this program and uh, of our little community and. I look forward to doing this again in just a few days. Uh, we are going to have to probably take a summer vacation here in a little bit because I've got a trip that I'm going to be gone one weekend. So things are getting a little hectic, but uh, but that's not for a few weeks from now. So we'll worry about that when it when it gets closer. Yeah, but you know that whole make stuff thing? Yes. You guys have to start tagging Corny Goat Crafts if you post anything on Instagram so I can see what people are making. Because I've been making... So I made a couple of chemo hats for a friend of ours. Mm -hmm. And then I just had more yarn, so I just kept making hats out of that yarn. And then I found this really neat new stitch. So I tried it on a couple more hats. And then I figured out I really like how this hat looks, so I decided to write a pattern. And then I made one more hat following the directions in the pattern. Yeah, which is cool, because you normally, you, 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 you knit like your own stuff, you follow other people's stuff really well. But when you're doing your own stuff, you're kind of like when you're cooking, you kind of wing it. Right. Uh, and so this is like cool first. because you actually wrote down a pattern. Yes. So it's, and it's, you know, pretty, it's got a really neat, it's called a mock cable. So you don't need to really know how to knit real well. You just really need to know how to do um, purl stitch, knit stitch, and knitting two stitches together. Basically. Okay. And, you know, then there's a trick stitch, which is kind of funky, but I found a 
a good way to describe it, but I also found a, a video that you can click on it and it shows you how to do it. Okay. So, yeah. So, is kinda, a pattern available now? Yeah, I got to figure out how to make it available. Um, I've got it as a PDF. If people want to have it, they can write to the web. They can write to 40acresandafool at gmail.com. 40acrefool at gmail.com. 40acrefool at gmail.com. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, ask for it. I'm calling it the Fagin at Chemo Cap. But you can, you know, make it any a little bit longer or a little bit shorter. But it's kind of a, a one-size-fits-all, close-fitting, fine, yarned knit cap. Okay. So you got a couple new caps in the Corny Goat Craft Etsy store. Yes. But if you are a knitter and you want this uh, pattern... Go ahead and ask for it. There you go. 40acrefool at gmail.com. And just put fake in it in the <laughs> subject line. Okay. That sounds good. All right. Well, listen, I, again, I appreciate uh, y'all tuning into the program and I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you for being a part of our lives and thank you for letting us be a part of yours. Be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot and make stuff. And we'll talk to you soon with more 40 acres and a fool here from blaze podcast network. 40 acres and a fool with cam Edwards on the blaze radio network. 